Oh, greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. Sure hope you've been enjoying that sunshine out there. I mean, there's a fair bit of rain that's been coming here and there, but hey, at least it's not winter anymore. Am I right? Oh, that snow and ice took forever to get out of here. Wingover, what's happening with that damn book? Um, it's not going good, Michael. It's being weird. Keeps moving around and trying to open itself. I don't know. It, it's definitely being strange. I, oh, there we go. Under control. <laughs> it's, of course, because it's me, Wingover Gimble. Famous name bad. Of course, I can get a little book under control. It's not that hard. Wait a minute. The last time this book went crazy, the sky had tentacles fall out of it and things blew up. Shit. All right. Well, travelers, looks like we have to start fortifying the inn again. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many times we have to fortify this damn inn. Every time we're like, this time should do it. And, like, the windows explode and people are screaming. Like, can't this just be one nice day? Oh, that's how it is, travelers. That's just how it is. Well, I'm glad you're here, at least. I hope you enjoyed our little side story we had there following along the, those two heroes in the city of Sialindia, getting a little bit of insight what's going on there. It's always interesting to take a little skip back home and just see how things are, you know, how people have been, who's, uh, you know, still working at the same shops and all that stuff. So we don't have any fun mail, but if you want to go ahead and send us in some, head on over to the Podchaser, or if you'd like, head on over to the Etunes and leave us one of those reviews. Uh, of course, if you leave us anything less than five stars, Etunes sucks and the algorithm destroys us, but hey, you leave whatever it is you feel like leaving. Uh, oh, we have a little note here from BattleBards that says, please let Greg in. Who the hell's Greg? Oh, God. Michael, open the door. Quick, 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 quick. Hey, everyone. It's me, Greg, the sanitation worker. Um, I notice you're a great ooze. We've had oozes before. That's fine. Is there anything you need in particular? Not really. I'm just... If you had a book, like, one I could borrow... Well, you can't have this one. It has information about the impending doom of our planet and multiverse. So kind of need it. Um, I'll, I'll find you another book. It's fine. Uh, are you here to do the Battle Bard spiel? Oh, yeah. Head on over to BattleBards.com where you can find yourself some exciting sound effects like Melf's Acid Arrow. Maybe even you're just interested in something casual like the screams of the dead. They have that there too. Battlebards.com. Okay, neat. Cool, 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 cool. Just gonna shuffle you over here. We've had oozes before, so we actually helped a constructed area of the inn that should be repaired. No, nope, you're melting right through the floor, anyways. Oh, whatever. Thanks for coming by, Greg. Oh, there he goes into the basement. Oh, well, travelers, 
Last we left off with Death Shift, they had quite the zany journey dealing with the Wraith, one of Dorum's top generals. They'd fought them in the city of Hamor, where Draxir is from. And now they need to figure out what they're going to do with Ronnie's corpse and why isn't it getting back up as all their bodies have before. I bring to you Back to the Beginning Part 1 Hey, I'm Bright, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger and Chosen Blood. Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Drax here. The Dragonborn Artificer and Chosen of Machines. Previously on Battle of the Seven Dice, our heroes had just finished fighting the Wraith, a strange creature that worked as one of Dorum's generals existing in the Mirror Dimension. This creature was only brought into the Material Plane through Ronnie's quick thinking of using the Celestial Harp, though this resulted in Ronnie himself being slain and the rest of Death Shift taking some serious damage. But for some reason, Ronnie did not get back up. And looking, looking down, down, they, they just, just saw a bleeding, bleeding dead, dead corpse. And looking down, they just saw a bleeding dead corpse. We will take it from there. I believe, uh, Bordon, you were, you were looking over Ronnie and you were going to bring him back because you were literally surrounded by treasure. So you can just, like pick up a handful of treasure for components. Yeah, but I didn't um, prepare this skill because... <laughs> mm, you didn't think you need it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think I have a... But you're not there. So there is... A, like, it's ridiculous that it, the, um, the cleric doesn't have, like, revive prepared, but, I mean, it doesn't matter because I can't... It's, it's the nature of the campaign. Still worked me a little. Um, yeah, but I mean, so I just tell the group, uh, I don't know, like, Ronnie is not coming back, but since I I was never able to resurrect you guys, I, I didn't prepare, like, the resurrection skill. So, what should we do? What? How? I can't remember how much our characters actually know about, like, the Ronnie clones. Uh, you're aware of them. Uh, Amelia t at least informed the other guys about them. Um, I don't know if it was ever brought up to Draxir. Ronnie did ask about Ronnie clones in front of all of you, in front of the King in Yellow. Okay. He asked the King in Yellow the question. 
And he said there was only one left. And he was in Waterdeep. Should we take this body with us? Alright. Like, I, I can resurrect him, you know, like, later on. Maybe we can take the body with me? Yeah, I suppose. I guess that means that this isn't our real Ronnie. Well, unless his his parasite just didn't work for whatever reason. Maybe the harp, like, suppressed it. Maybe this is our, our real Ronnie. Well, I guess we may as well take it back regardless. Right. <laughs> I like how no one's sad about it. he's dead right now. Oh no, Ronnie's dead. Well, because death's not a real thing to you guys for the most part. I mean, it is now for MZ and Drax here and Kelsar, but... He also kind of committed Sudoku, because the, the harp, the harp, like, he used the harp, and the harp is what <laughs> killed him, so... Mm-hmm. And the harp is still sitting there, like, because uh, Ronnie never picked it up. He just used Mage Hand to just strum it. So I guess I'll, I'll grab the harp, assuming I can, like, use the scroll with one hand yeah. and hold the harp in the other. I think you should. Because MZ made sure to fill this bag of holding, of course. You use your mechanical arm and you grab onto this harp. And Bordon, you can hear whispers from this harp. You can hear it calling out to you. As it, it just seems to, it's just like, Use me. Together, we can eliminate all the evil from here. So I just ignore it. If you could definitely use the scroll if you'd like. Uh, well, that, that was the plan. Do you guys want to go to the rooftop or stay here or go to some random place and we'll charge up this bracer and go back home. I just want to get like as many diamonds as I can just so I can resurrect people because Lucas never gives us like loot. 100% accurate. I That is my fault. Yes. I'm bad at loot. You have like a backpack so you could like we'll say you can get like say 10 because you have like other stuff in your backpack. We'll say you could fit like 10 diamonds in there that you can use for spell components. Just 10? Diamonds are so small. Yeah, but the ones that you want are a decent size. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I get like a huge one and then I chip it, you know? Just keep using little bits. Yeah, exactly. Diamond dust. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can just, um, I can just fix them, right, with my, my magic. Yeah. Okay, so I grab, like, the biggest diamonds I can find. Yeah, it it is carved into a beautiful swan. Oh, okay. It's, it's a little awkward. It's like the size of, like, a small house cat. So it's quite large. It's heavy, yeah. It's You can grab it for sure. Okay, so I get that one. <laughs> it's very beautiful. <laughs> a lot of people would pay a lot of money for that. Like, yeah. even you're looking at it bored on, like, you're a prince, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Bordon <laughs> must have, like, a very bad taste, but, uh, okay, so... It feels like this diamond's cursed and you're trying to convince us it's not right now. <laughs> <laughs> All royalty have bad taste. Have you ever looked through history and looked at a royal's, like, stuff he bought and, like, things he'd wear <laughs> and be like, that looks good? You're not wrong. <laughs> Okay, what else? So I got, like, the the diamond. You got, like, 70... I think we said 76,000 in that, <laughs> that bag of oh, holding, yeah, and it is full. That belongs to the group. Yeah. It's it's a lot. What? How much gold? 76,000. Draxir teleported them to the king's 
personal vault with all his treasure. Like his treasury. So they just robbed the shit out of him. Nice. Yeah, after they uh, before they killed him, and then they killed him. <laughs> nice. Nobody's eating him, that, though. No one's what? Eating him, you know. He's, he's rich. Oh. I'll eat the rich. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to use this scroll. I guess it makes a portal. And then we can absorb that portal with the gauntlet, and then we can use the... Well, sorry, the bracer. Before... And I, I tell the group, like, before we go, shouldn't we just, like... Because we are, like, in a... Like, in a vault. Like, maybe there are um, magic items in here? Like, most likely, there are magic items in here. What do you guys think? Like, can we have, like... Can we just take 15 minutes, like, just to, just to check for items? I guess I don't know how often they patrol to look around for the king. They will eventually look for him, so we don't have a super long time. Don't watch this. Well, technically, yeah. you guys are the new king, so... Ronnie is. Oh, no. Ronnie's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ronnie can't be king. Yeah. That and his, like, his eyes blew up and his, his brain smush. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. Oh, Weekend at Bernie's him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That is something you could do right now. I search for uh, magic items. Okay. Alright, Boradon, if you're insistent on looking for magical items, I'll look for them. And I'll cast Detect Magic. <laughs> so you cast Detect Magic. You get very faint traces in this room. A lot of this magic is, like, you see, like, the odd trickle is going towards this harp. So clearly this harp has been feeding off of items that are in here. But you still see one item. One. One item. You are a monster, Lucas. I gave you so many magic items the other So many! Two! Two magic items! We just killed, like, a boss. And we get, like, one item? Okay, so... Oh, actually, there there is two items. Never mind, because you did kill the wraith. So, <laughs> sorry. It's like an ARPG. Everything want, everything has like a minimum loot drop. <laughs> well, this thing was actually stabbing you guys with a really fucking sweet rapier. So you notice from the wraith, there is a rapier that is giving off quite a powerful divine magic. It's just like sitting. It kind of like fell towards the treasure when the wraith fell out of the dimensional uh, hole. So you kind of like scoop it up and you can see like bits of like your guys's blood is dried on this thing. And you do see one other thing. I think uh, MZ should have the rapier. Probably the most adept at using it. Yeah. What is the rapier, sorry? It's a rapier plus 10. <laughs> no, it's not plus 10. <laughs> it a, ra- plus a rapier of plus it is 10. A rapier plus 10. You don't get to decide <laughs> <laughs> these things. <laughs> Rapier's a dime. So just for Borodon, because I know you love that spell so much, you do see a decanter it's sitting off to the side, and there is some conjuration magic that's coming from it. Okay, so I, I take it. And it, it looks beautiful. Like, it's very elegantly made. It's like this, almost like an ivory white decanter. It has, like, gold inlay around it. There's like gems that are encrusted on the outside of it. And it just shows, like, it has, like, little drawings on it that are drawn in gold that are depicting, like, people holding this decanter up and, like, water flowing out. 
and like <laughs> you see like there's like a, an ocean almost like forming from the decanter it has a stopper in it yeah, you notice at the top I'm going to reach to touch the decanter if Boredon lets me no my decanter okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> oh. it drops and shatters on the floor do you let him touch the decanter or no well, out of game, I want to cast identify so we know what it is. But if you don't let if you don't let me touch it, then I can't. So it'll be up to you to figure out what it is. No, you can. Okay. I have I have identify <laughs> as well. But yeah, I mean, if you have it prepared, go ahead. Yeah. I would have to use it as a ritual. I'll cast my first level identify. So you know, Draxir, this is the decanter of endless water. You know that when you remove the stopper and speak one of three commands, you can produce an amount of fresh water or salt water, your choice, out of the flask. The first command, stream, produces one gallon of water. And the second command, fountain, produces five gallons of water. The third command, geyser, produces 30 gallons of water. And it gushes out with quite a force Anyone who is hit with this this force of water coming out must make a DC 13 strength check or take 1d4 bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. Question. Is it fresh water? Like, is it spring water or is it filtered water or is it tap water? It says fresh water or salt water. I would generally think if water is good enough to put in a decanter, it's good enough to drink, generally. It's actually bottled water from Fiji. It's Fiji bottled water. So on the side of it, it says powered by Brita. <laughs> glacier. It's glacier. Glacier, glacier water. water. That would be the... That's like the that's freaking holy grail of water right there. I only drink smart water. Uh, this, this water's not too smart. It's like intelligence of 12. If, if water is so smart, why isn't it in a bottle? Stupid idiot water being owned. Fucking sick burn. So, yes, you find this decanter of endless water. So I asked Draxir, uh, do you know w- what it is? This is a decanter of endless water. You can have it spit out a little bit of water by saying stream and removing that little stopper. Uh, fountain will make a little more water, and geyser will be like a lot of water. You don't want to do that uh, unless you're pointing it at someone you're not fond of at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> You could, in theory, use this as some kind of jetpack. We'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, that's that's a, actually... Ooh, I like it. Or how heavy is Borodon? Are you under 200 pounds? Maybe? His dwarves are pretty sturdy. Yeah, that's true. So you might be heavier. Pretty stocky. If he's got solid metal arms. I think we determined that the metal wasn't really heavy because it would cause problems for someone's actual arms if they were weighted down all the time. Not into heavy metal. He's more of a light rock kind of dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, can I can I have it? Yes, of course. And then, I guess, uh, I'll pick up the rapier. I'll say, this is the next most magical item in here. Uh, I don't know who wants this. I probably wouldn't be able to make much good use of it. MZ? Yeah. What is it? This is the rapier that the wraith had don't know much about it just yet i well maybe i'll give it a closer look i'll cast another identify it's my last spell slot there 
So you know this is a plus three unholy rapier. So what that means is that this will do uh, an additional 2d6 of necrotic damage. And it has like plus three to attack and hit. Plus three to attack rolls and plus three to damage. Holy fuck, I could dish out a ton of damage with this. <laughs> yeah, this is an unholy rapier, MZ. Um, I sure felt the effects of that. MZ's character has just become more edge. You edgelord. <laughs> this unholy blade is perfect for my look. I'm gonna use this unholy blade <laughs> for good. My good. <laughs> <laughs> I follow my own path. So, you, you now have these two magic items... Bordon's loaded up on gems, and you have a dead body, or oh, a couple dead bodies at your feet. Like, can I throw Ronnie over my shoulder? Yeah, he's pretty late. Okay. Okay, would I, like, have an intrinsic understanding of how long it takes to use the scroll? It'll just be one action, so like six seconds. Okay, I'll use the scroll to uh, make the portal or whatever it does exactly. You read out from the scroll, holding it open with one hand, and you watch. As you're reading these words, it burns away. The scroll becomes ash, and as the final bits leave your hand, you see this portal slowly start to open up, and it's like a like a swirling oval, kind of like the Diablo-esque portal we're all used to. You see the, the bracer starts, uh, like, vibrating uh, on your, your arm. Uh, so I know how to, like, charge the bracer of the portal, right? You basically just shove it in. Alright, I do just that, and I shove the bracer in the portal. It takes maybe a couple seconds, and you just watch as this portal just gets smaller and smaller as the slowly the three rubies on this bracer light up. And then by the time the third one's lit up, the portal just completely dissipates. And now you feel that the bracer is, is charged. I'll just turn to the others and say, you guys ready to go back home? I think so. Since you are here, would you like to check on your family or something? I thought about it, but I don't want to get their hopes up and then let them down, you know? Yeah, that's called being a father, so... <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily true, by the way. Not all fathers look <laughs> down. I have a plan to uh, get them out of here anyways. So, I'll see them again. So with one good dad <laughs> opening up a portal and one bad dad slung over a shoulder, <laughs> the party gets ready. <laughs> and all of you guys do once more that super sweet, like, fist in the middle to teleport out with this bracer. And Draxir, roll me a caster check. It's a 17 altogether. So you concentrate. And once more, all of you feel yourselves being just rocketed off. And this time you smash through like a, a few of the walls in this. This bracer was never designed to be like beautiful, mystical magic that kind of like takes you somewhere gently. It is designed by a bunch of paladins. So they all decided, what if we just punch <laughs> through things with justice? And so you smash through a couple of walls and go sailing into the sky. You hurtle through space, colors, shapes, all sizes, dimensions are just flying by you. It is unnerving and slowly once more you see a blue bead out in the distance and as it's coming closer it's getting larger and larger but one thing catches your eye you see this beautiful blue orb spinning in space these moons trailing around it and you see a lattice work of magical energy surrounding this planet 
You see it's very intricate as it's going all around. This, this energy is just seemingly keeping this planet safe. But latched on to the side of this planet is this mass. This mass of tentacles that it even seems larger than the planet itself. You see it's like continuously pressing in on this lattice work. There's just a mass of flesh, eyes, mouths, different, like, uh, you see creatures are, like, ripping out of it and floating off into space. You see a number of its tentacles are actually reaching out towards distant stars, as it seems to almost be trying to pull itself off of the planet, but it can't. It's stuck. And you see that this creature has already consumed a third of this spinning orb and it's trying to force itself like equally more onto the planet as well as try to pull itself off. These large eyes forming the size of continents, looking around into the distant stars. And you see one look at you. All of you feel your heart stop. A fear enters you. You're terrified of this being, this outer god that is consuming a world and you rock it past one of its tentacles that almost flicks out towards you but then stops and goes back to resuming its work on the lattice. You pass through the lattice work. It almost seemingly opens a little bit just for you as you're passing through and Bordon, you feel your holy symbol on your neck heat up a little bit and then it closes again. And all of you are hurtling through. You're going through the clouds. You see the giant continent of Faerun as you're going, hurtling towards it. Slowly more and more things are coming into detail. The farmland surrounding Sanctuary. Geldspar off in the distance, because you can recognize the trajectory that you originally traveled, actually looks incredibly busy. There is, it looks five, six, seven times larger than what it was. Then as you're hurtling over it, you're like arcing through this area. You pass over the forest where Ronnie had originally discovered that one weird large flesh sack and poked it, causing a fight with the gibbering mouther. And you find yourselves just slamming down onto the street in front of the headquarters. You all tumble and roll a little bit. You collapse down onto the ground. Your eyes are blinking a little blearily. You look up and see, you can just faintly see that lattice work up in the sky. You were never able to see it before, but now it's up there and you, you have a pretty good idea. So now you're outside the headquarters. Well, uh, I suppose I'll take the harp to Albedo and have him store it with the horn, or I guess another safe place. I'm just going to do the one thing that I, I strongly believe that Ronnie would have done to one of us. I'm just going to pat him down quickly and see what he's got on him. Uh, yeah. Ronnie has a number of things on him. As I'm walking with Jason, I'm just kind of trying to... I got him over my shoulder. I'm just trying to reach in maybe, you know, the pockets or something. I just... I got to know what, what he's got. <laughs> you pull out uh, a couple of CDs of Ronnie's. They have like covers of him on them. You know that Ken meme where he would like be glancing out into the distance? Uh, he has like a CDs with that saying like the best of Ronnie O'Connell and he signed all of them with like squiggles and stars and you find he has a couple of gel pens on the inside of his suit jacket. 
he has a very intricate looking gun. That, like, like you look at it and uh, even like as you're holding it, it shifts from being like this old sort of flintlock style gun and it shifts to being like this old German like World War One pistol that you're holding. And he also has a book on him. And all of you know that Ronnie can't read. On the title of it, it says The Book of Friends. Okay, I'm going to take his gun just for safekeeping. Because I don't want it to fall off him and, you know, we lose it. Just in case, yeah. The Book of Friends. What is that? Just kind of open it. Just randomly up at some random page in the book. I just open it. You open up this book. And it comes to a picture of this, like, all the pictures in here are, are painted by hand. You see that it's this painted tree that it looks like it's kind of dying. And there's a red hand dangling by a, a thin cord that's reaching out. And you can almost see, like, in the picture, the hand moves a little bit. And you see there's a name right beside it. What's the name? The name, it's spelled A-K-A-T-E-K-O. Akateko. If I'm walking next to Draxir, I'm just going to pass him the book. This is not my forte. But something doesn't feel right about this. Did you read the name out loud, or did you just kind of look over it? What do you think MZ would do? I don't think he would have said it out loud if he's looking into something. I think I think I would have I would have read it in my head and everything and just looking at it I know something's not right about this like even my just my player intuition I feel like something's not right about this I think MZ would be pretty on the ball with something like that and I'm just gonna give it to someone else because magical books are not my thing mm-hmm okay I guess I'm gonna roll like a perception check to see if I can tell if like MC's acting a little odd, or like if he hands it to me, if he's kind of, if I can tell he's worried, he doesn't really say anything. Page open. I don't close the page, I just... I, don't, I, I think I would just assume that's odd. So, I want to do an arcana check then. Sure. It's uh, 21 altogether. This book is old, and this book is magical as hell. Like, it is. There's a lot of magic in it. Do you turn any of the other pages to look at anything, or do you just like look at the one? Uh, I look at the one. Knowing that it's magical, I don't want to read anything aloud because it sounds like I may curse the world. But I'd probably like, close it and look at like the front and back covers as well after looking at that page. It's very plain, the book itself. It has just like a sort of white strip that's put onto it. Written on it, it's the Book of Friends. And it's like you flip it over. There's like It's like a kind of like a cloth material that's covering it. And then it has a really basic binding. And you see it has a number of pages in this book. Okay, I'm too curious. I'll, I'll flip open like the front cover to see if there's something like a table of contents or whatnot. You flip open the front cover. You see a picture of a very old-looking woman. Her arms are a little too long. Her legs are incredibly thin. Her hands end in these bloody claws. Her nose goes to a long point as she's picking up what looks like a piece of meat and dangling it into her mouth. And written beside it, it says, uh-uh. Baba Yaga. Uh-uh. We don't go there. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she 
the picture, uh -oh. she turns towards you and smiles. I'm gonna like hastily like slam the book closed <laughs> when that happens. I uh, I think this book is some very dangerous, potentially magic. One of the pictures looked at me. I don't know if you've heard anything like that before, Borodon. I mean, I, I probably might, right, Lucas? You could roll me a history if you want. He's been sitting on this book for like, I think like a year. I, you know what? I know, I know I gave the book, I know I gave the book up, but can I also make a knowledge history? Because I have that skill as well on Akateko, on the name I read. Sure. As they have the book and everything, I'm just thinking about what I just saw, and that'll be my... Sure. 15 plus 5 is 20. Okay. And what did you get, Lordon? So I got 30 in total. I got, yeah, net 20 plus 3. Jesus. Plus 7. Yeah. So, MZ, you were thinking on, like, this name, this creature. What, what could this creature be? And... It, it kind of like takes you like you're, you're thinking and then you remember there was an old gith tale that people would see a small red hand hanging from a tree or a branch or something, uh, something that's like hanging over and people would go and investigate it and then there would be a beautiful woman that would roll them in to relax and just uh, just take your time and they would enter this trance, this fever-like state, and succumb to just staying there, keeping this person company. And Bordon, you're looking at this book. You don't know this exact book, but you know that sometimes people would decide that, especially conjurers, because conjurers always start shit. They always decide they want to go find really old creatures put their name down somewhere and be like, I'm going to be able to summon this for later. Nothing bad will ever happen. And then they lose the thing. So you're guessing this is a real old book of some conjurer. And so if you use this book, you would be able to technically command the creature that you summon. But it, there's probably some sort of like skill or catch or something that you need to need to do this is a conjurer's book we should not like reading is bad saying the words out loud is even worse so we should keep like this book I'm like in a safe place probably inside our caravan and uh, we shall never unless like we are in like a like a mort mortal peril, we should never, ever, ever, like, uh, say anything inside this book out loud. Otherwise, we may conjure the creature. Why does Ronnie have this, and where did he get it from? Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I never trusted Ronnie. So, and I, I don't know why he hasn't resurrected yet. I mean... Do you think that I would have realized that that's not our real Ronnie, or...? You can look him over, if you want. Would I sort of, like, realize that by now, or...? You think, like, he should have come back. There's no reason why he shouldn't have come back. Like, you've left that area. You're here now. You're, like, out on the street in front of the headquarters. 
as far as you're aware, Ronnie should be regenerating. And nothing is happening to that corpse. Maybe we should, like, instead of checking box and whatnot, we should just go back to HQ. You know, take the item and not, you know, like, be walking with a corpse on, on our shoulders. What do you guys think? Like, I, I'm, I'm planning on resurrecting Ronnie since he hasn't come back yet. So, what do you guys think? Uh, I agree. I agree. It'd make more sense to figure out what's up with this Ronnie. We should probably just stash this book away somewhere or maybe even destroy it. Might be a good idea to ask Astoria what to do with such a thing. Should we keep the book with the horn and the harp for now? So I was thinking, like, just to leave the book inside our... I'm um, inside the caravan. Because we are probably not strong enough to control those artifacts. But maybe the book we can, and um, maybe we can, like, sort of, I don't know, like, we can just, like, come to a conclusion and um, maybe use this book. I'm not saying that we should, I'm just saying that it is a possibility, but if we don't... Sounds like you're being tempted. I, well, <laughs> I am a man of knowledge, right? I make a sense motive on Borodon. Oh no, Lucas! Seems sus. They will find out that I'm not the real Borden as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! How many clowns? <laughs> but you're also a man of faith, and I don't think you'd want to be caught dead holding a book of conjuring. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a curious person, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think I, like, I would care, and I don't think I would. Anyway, okay, whatever. Just let, let's just like take the the artifact to to HQ and. A few people are starting to look at you guys because you have a dead yeah, body. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and MZ's like he's he has the dead body. His cloak is like wreathed in shadowy flames. His skin is covered in, like, this carapace, and he has this, like, jeweled armor, and now an unholy rapier on his side. <laughs> and I was like, is that, like, a grim reaper? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm the edgelord. Yeah, I hiss at them. <laughs> <laughs> they run. <laughs> Ronnie's face, like, cocks to the side. His eyes have exploded. <laughs> There's just blood coming down these empty sockets. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he's also a little bit mutilated. <laughs> yeah, he looks bad. Let's get inside here quickly. Yeah, let's kind of shuffle in. You shuffle on in, and Kelsar, you have been here at the headquarters since the team had left to go to Haymore. And you'd spent some time with the Silver Shield. There was a few personal issues you had to attend to, and it's also been... You've been facing a strange issue... You seem better now, but you've been having a hard time with this body of yours. There's bouts of power. Yeah, uh, my hair was falling out, and uh, my toe uh, got wine coolers on my feet because my toenails have been <laughs> popping off like pogs. Some gastric distress. <laughs> and um, but you notice with each day that like you're going through these these horrible like motions for your body you also feel stronger in like a, a magical sense an arcane sense like you're 
you're kind of like attuning to what proper body your soul should have been in for a long time, but for like a good 20 years, you've been stuck in a tiefling body. And as you're you're kind of relaxing in the the main section, the commons room of the headquarters, and there's a lot more people here lately. I'm having some uh, <laughs> medical fantasy marijuana yeah. that uh, they gave me. You know that there's a, a lot of people who've recently come to Sanctuary because word has come out that the White Wall, which is what they've been calling the giant wall of where the third of the planet has been devoured, has been moving forward. It has already overtaken probably a good 300 miles. It just keeps moving in. It's been about a week oh, since the guys have left. And then while you've been sitting there just relaxing, you heard suddenly like a outside. And you're just like kind of you glance over at the door and it doesn't take long for the, the guys to step through. You figured it was them. Usually when Death Shift shows up, they show up in, in style. But you've also heard word that Evermeet, the Island of the Elves, was recently under attack, and a lot of the elves have been fleeing inland. So this is just kind of information that you've been hearing about while you've been trying to process your own shit? Oh shit, that's probably not good. I mean, if I wasn't so high right now, I'd probably be in a lot more distress, but... And you see the, the group comes in with Ronnie over MZ's shoulders, and Ronnie is very clearly dead. Oh shh. Oh my god, Ronnie? Oh, dude, you don't look so good, man. No, he's dead. Oh, hey, guys. I put an arm around uh, Kalsor. It's good to see you again. Uh, it's good to see you too, guys. Um, I drop his body. <laughs> oh, shit, that's not good. Just slump over in front of Kalsor. It's like a squish. Oh, shit, that, that's not good. Uh, how are you guys doing? A lot of people gasp. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> as they see this happen. Definitely better than Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, I'm high as fuck right now, but, you know, I'd probably be a lot more upset if I wasn't. Albedo comes floating over. Greetings, Death Shift. What has transpired here? Uh, Ronnie's sick. Or dead, or something. I don't know, man. Why has he not begun to arise? We were hoping someone here might be able to answer that. So Albedo kind of floats down a little bit. All these tentacles go over Ronnie, and they're like, just, you know, they're getting in the goop, they're getting in the blood, they're going over him. Albedo, do you got any snacks? No, but there may be some at the table over there. He lifts up the left hand, the hand that your symbol should be on, and you see, like, a spell being cast as his tentacles going over it. And the symbol disappears. This symbol was illusionary magic. This body has no symbol. And he just drops the lifeless hand. What the? So is this not the real Ronnie O'Connell, or? No. This appears to be, perhaps, another being who looks incredibly similar to our Ronnie. Maybe one of the Ronnie's from like a different like dimension or something this would add up you hear from like hiding underneath a table he's he's in a crab walk his bald head pokes out it's quintos the man who can form clones by viciously ripping them out of his own body and then he has to viciously pull them back in to to quell the clones he pokes his head out you found him 
Wait, wait, why? Cool. I mean, what? The day of the shattering, the day the tentacles came down, Ronnie was talking to Ronnie. That makes no sense. I mean, like, regardless. So, we have been, like, walking around with, like, the fake Ronnie? Yes, he's a fake. He's a disgusting clone. It's good that he's dead. I mean, I don't care much about, like, if he's a clone or not. What I do care about is that uh, Ronnie put our lives in danger because instead of, like, going, like, going with us, he was, he just, like, gave that responsibility to another person. He shirked his duties off to a clone. Disgusting. So, um, uh, where's the real Ronnie, then? I'm completely lost right now, and... He took his horse and galloped away, and he sent this one to do his work. I mean, I can't assume that, but, like, where did he gallop away? Like, do you give us, like, a logistics, or...? He flips the table that he was hiding under, stands up, Jesus! and he, he pulls a, a, a scroll case out from, uh, he has like this, this little pocket, and he pulls a scroll case that wouldn't have fit into it, and he pops it open, lays out the scroll on another table, and this is a large map, and it's a map of Faerun. I really liked that table, why'd you flip it over? So here we have all the chosen, and he just slams his fist down onto the map, and it just like sparks and lights up a little bit, and there's little dots everywhere. As you see here, we're losing parts of the world on this side, parts of the world on this side. Uh, Ronnie's color is the color of nothing but everything. It always changes. Uh, this one, and all these colors are the exact same color. As you're looking at them, these are all just like little red dots. And he's going through. No, 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 no. And maybe. And he points at the town of Geldspar on this map. Maybe here. Or, and he points up to Waterdeep. Maybe here. But most of the chosen in Waterdeep are dead. We heard back from a detective about it. Oh, so detective is alive, though. Oh, shit, that's not good. He quickly dropped a letter off, and uh, it, it was just about how uh, Waterdeep belonged to the church. And there, there were Mind Flare there, and they're, they're fighting the church. Just just basic stuff. Was Gelspar destroyed? Yes. Okay, because it looks pretty destroyed on my map here. And when you have, were flying overhead, you saw Gelspar was not only thriving, but it was probably about seven times the size it was when... It was destroyed. Oh, hey, rebuilt. Good for them. Given what we know about Ronnie, I would guess that he's in Geldspar. Weird things are happening, and you really think he's brave enough to go to Waterdeep? I, th I think he just fled. He's definitely not brave enough to go to Waterdeep. It's <laughs> <laughs> a solid point. <laughs> Unless he's a turncoat, but I don't think he's that much of a jerk. That, because that theory would mean that he cares about something other than himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that means he would care about Doram's side, and I feel yeah. like that that doesn't line up. No. Well, we should probably. I mean, I'll actually get him back. Kind of need him, right? Like a like a fucking kid. 
that's what we're going to do. We're going to, like, search for Ron. Well, which... Look, look, man, just, um... I, I got something for you that I think will help you take the edge off. I'm telling you, this, this stuff's amazing. I, I've been taking it ever since I've been sick, and uh, it's really done wonders for me, and... It, it will it'll help calm you down, Varadon. Alright, just, just uh, let me go get my stash. I got some right here for you too, Borodon. <laughs> <laughs> I call that the Robert Bud. <laughs> uh, you see, Quintos quickly rolls up his map and says, No more of this, and puts it in a tube and starts walking away. And Elbito is still there hovering. Bye, Quintos. Bye, Kelsar. And Quintos is weird. Well, I guess if we're going to go somewhere, I should probably get my gear, because uh, I've been wearing a robe and wine coolers. Draxir, do you wish for me to take the harm? Yeah, I don't know where exactly you should store it. It might be a good idea to keep it separate from the horn for now, but uh, maybe if you take it and talk to Astoria, or if you happen to know more about the magical properties of these instruments that would be a good idea it has been a week since all of you have left and astoria has figured a few things out about the instruments i will bring this downstairs yeah i've been here too you could have talked to that whatever fine fine it's been a week already yes how long has it been for all of you like one hour maybe yeah seems like it's been a matter of hours at most Ah, uh, no, nah, dude, you, you guys were gone for at least a week. Yes, much has happened. I was getting worried, and then... But, um... Yeah, some stuff happened, so... You guys are back now, so... It's a good thing we didn't take any longer than we did then. Yeah, no doubt. Probably would have been bad. It's good for you, Drax, here. Well, because your family, like, must... But, like, for your family, must have been maybe, like, a week... Or two weeks? It's probably been a couple months, yeah. Because he's been here for about five years. Five? Oh, five years. Okay, okay. I thought it has been here, like... Because we have been here for, like, uh, maybe... You guys have been here for, like, I think... I was doing the, the time calculation. You've been here for, like, two, two and a half to three months now. I thought it has been here for, like, for about the same time. I mean, so it's probably not that bad for you, actually. No, maybe not much time has passed to pay more. Well, perhaps we get some rest and then set off for Geldspar. Maybe we can rest after we find Ronnie. I don't know what you guys think. Like, I, I don't care about, like, Ronnie right now. I think we should... Are we going to resurrect this Ronnie? Yes, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, like, I can resurrect anyone that has been dead for, like, ten days with Ray's dead mm -hmm. yeah and then I'm just going to use one of the one of my I mean probably not one of my diamonds so like I said I'm just going to chip about like 500 golds worth of diamond from a diamond and then I'll just sort of like fix the diamond with magic yeah you'll probably need to like they have supplies here in the headquarters where they can help you remove a portion of it because you'll need some pretty intense stuff to to break apart a diamond, but they have some equipment here that they can help you with that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe this Ronnie will lead us to ours. 
So we're just gonna rest right now? These guys look rough. Like, they're... <laughs> they have a lot of blood on them. Like, coming from their eyes or ears or mouth. Like, it's dried up. But, like, they don't look good. Bordon has, like, stab wounds. I was, like, just knocked out not long ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, MZ's, like, kind of leaning hard on a table. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, you guys... Yeah. yeah, maybe we should take a breather, hey? I have a hole in, like, my shoulder or chest or something. Yeah. yeah maybe we should take a bit of a breather, huh? I, 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 I need a nap, honestly, so... I will place the harp down below. If you need any supplies or provisions, please let us know. We've ensured that your caravan is fully stocked. Awesome. Um, definitely some Doritos. To what? I'm afraid we don't have those here, Kelsar. This is the third time you've asked. <laughs> yeah, what are Doritos? They sound awesome. I think it's like a corn chip. Are all of you just gonna kind of like take the evening, unwind, like maybe have a bath, wash the blood off, kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Uh, I gotta come down for my buzz. So it's it's pretty uneventful. You just can actually take a, a day, you know, or like the the rest of the evening. No one really bothers you much. They bring you, like, fresh clothes. There's lots of food to eat. You take some time in the bath and just kind of, like, sit back and just kind of rest a little bit. Your wounds are attended to. Some people will perform some minor healing, so at least you don't have some, like, gaping holes in you. And you just can kind of relax for the first time in a while. As night rolls around, everyone's getting ready to sleep, hoping not to have a, a fever dream or anything like that. Draxir, what would you like to do as you're getting ready for bed? So I don't know exactly how this would be possible. If I could have like another meeting with the Nostradamus Corp somehow. I don't really know how that works. You have the card, the business card on you. Right, I forgot about the card. I guess I'll take out that card and look at it. I don't know if it says has any instructions or like a number or anything on it. It has a number on it. And you flip it over, and like has a little smiley face, and uh, the logo that I forgot, catchphrase. But you're you're looking at this, and you're just kind of like sitting on your bed while everyone else is laying down, getting ready to relax. You have a little candle that's lit near you. Uhtred is humming along as it's resting on the floor. You look over to your right, and you see the book. The Book of Friends. You didn't put it there, but it's there. It slowly opens, and you hear the pages just delicately flick across until you see a creature on there. It's called the Baku, and it's this... It looks like a tapir. It's very, very hairy. It's, it's like trunk is coming down, and you see its trunk is reaching down, and there's like a sleeping person, and they have like a little bubble that shows like a... Like them running away from a monster inside this bubble while they're sleeping and this creature is eating the bubble. Okay. Guess what I roll? Something like an arcana check again to see if I understand the workings of this thing? The book or the creature? Like, do I need to summon a tapir to eat my dream to somehow... I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I guess arcana, because this is a magical creature. Arcana would work if you have that. All right. That is a 
15. So you're guessing if this creature can interact with dreams and devour dreams, it probably has the ability to also manipulate dreams. And you know from what Bordon told you when you use this book, you can command the creature. Do I have an understanding of like, if I can like unsummon it? You're not sure. Mm. You just see the name there and then it has the, the creature. And every so often the creature's eyes look towards you and then it looks back at what it's doing. I won't summon the creature, but I'll like hold the card in my hand as I go to sleep. Okay. So you're holding onto this card and you keep seeing in like your dreams like here you have this book you're holding on to this book and every so often you wake up like worried that you're holding on to the book but the book's like on a nightstand away from you you keep laying back down with this card and you're resting and relaxing just trying to sleep concentrating on this card and you fall into this really deep sleep you keep thinking back to that creature that was consuming this planet this creature that was binding this world, absorbing it, but also at the same time trying to get away, like a strange dual dual purpose it had. And you're looking up at this being as it's consuming everything, and you see just this tiniest hole through it, a break in this latticework around the planet. Through this latticework, this sort of beam of light comes down. You see there is this... Stepping out of the light, there's this robotic figure. They're kind of like, their body is almost like a bean shape. They're metallic. And they have two arms coming out and two legs that are kind of awkward as it's walking. It has this digital smiley face on it as it's walking over. And it looks over at you and says, Hi there! I'm ST3V3. Yes, um, you work for the Nostradamus Corporation? Yes, I was designed to be a companion unit for the Nostradamus. I often pilot ships and try my best to keep people alive. Is there something I can do for you? I I could use a favor. Would you be able to go on a stealth mission and pick up my family and take them somewhere safe? Yes, I could definitely do that. How How long would it take, do you think? One moment, please. And you see this little, like, line across where his face should be. It's his body's jiggling a little bit. And then the face comes back. It'll take me one week to send a ship there, locate your family. And then it'll take another week to bring the ship back. All right. Well, my request would be if you can find another reasonably safe planet that's healthy for dragonborns, you'd bring them there. And if not, hold them or, I guess, let them seek refuge at the Nostradamus Corp, and I'll pay you back. How would you like to pay this back? I'll find a way. We'll talk about it. You see, uh, out of, like, a little slot on it, this paper starts printing. It's like a friggin' dark matrix printer. It's, like, it's old, and it starts, like, coming out of it. It rips the paper off. It takes one of its fingers off, and it's a pen, and it brings it over to you. Here we go. You owe one moderate-sized favor to the Nostradamus Corporation. I'm just going to, like, scan it to see if I find anything uh, malicious, I guess, suppose. It's very straightforward business jargon. Like, it's all about, like, uh, we will locate these three individuals that has the names all printed out from the city on the the planet of Hamor, and 
And then it just has like a pretty much what you've requested. The signee will provide one moderate favor to the Nostradamus Corporation. All right. So I'm going to take, I don't know if I can, if I have my items on me in this state right now. It's a dream. So you could be like, okay, let's say I produce like a gem and uh, I'll use my uh, magical tinkering. Okay. To store a message to say, hey, more will no longer be safe. You have to seek refuge with the Nostradamus Corp. I will see you again, hopefully in the not too distant future. And then I'll say, I think that'll be the end of the message. And I'll give it to the robot and tell him to use that as the message to give my family. So ST3v3 takes this gem. That was a beautiful message. I, I just realized that stupid robot's name is Steve. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he he looks over. You sign the paper? Yeah, I'll sign off on the paper. <laughs> God damn it, Lucas. There's other names in the world than Steve. I have this robot and actually another one shot I recorded with some people. <laughs> Shut oh up. Goodness. He was their pilot. <laughs> All right, I'll take this. And he takes the letter and like, uh, the the paper and smashes it against his face and he's like scanning and he's like rubbing it against it all scant all right you stay safe Drax here we will call on this favor soon thank you and he slowly waddles backwards really awkwardly and uh, sort of falls back into the light and then the light retracts through this hole in the lattice work and you wake up and it's it's the morning So all of you are awake now. It's the morning. You just kind of wake up naturally. The birds are chirping. It, it feels all right. So, like I said, I've prepared like the resurrection spell. Yep. Just called like raise that. So I'm going to cast raise that on that Ronnie. You set up Ronnie's body. They, they helped clean it up because it was pretty rough. You set it up on this table. You have like the, the diamond that's been a uh, portion that's been removed. You have a few candles and everything. You're drawing some stuff with chalk, some dwarven ruins around the body. As you start chanting, you're lighting incense around it. The energy in this room is heavy. Like, even while you guys are seeing this, like you can feel the power that's coming from Bordon. Just the, the amount of power that you've all accumulated up to this point you are drastically different people from when you started this adventure and Bordon as you're chanting over this Ronnie to bring back the soul you feel yourself being pulled a bit one moment you're there with everyone the next minute you are outside of a large bustling town it has been put together hastily. There are houses that are still being constructed. There are beings of all sorts. You see ogres are talking with dwarves. You see elves are chatting with orcs. Just this, this whole group of people. You see fairies like pixies fly overhead. A dragon swoops down below, but nobody's bothered by it as it slowly transforms into a person and just starts walking amongst others. You're looking around as they're clearing out these farmer's fields to build more towns. And you're watching as 
you see the line, the wall of white coming in from the right. You see the wall of white coming in from the left, and it keeps coming towards this town. The area is getting smaller and smaller. You see people are flying into this town from all over. They're coming in with different machines, gadgets, everything. Some people are like teleporting into this town. Everybody's looking a little fearstruck as the walls of white come closer and closer and closer. And as they're almost at the edges of this town, you see this chaotic crackling energy, something you've commonly associated with a certain lounge singer. And it just stops on either side of this town. You snap back out of it as you breathe in sharply. And you look down, and this other Ronnie is once more with the living. Ronnie, you breathe in, and it just seemed like one minute ago you you were playing a harp, and the next minute now you're like laying on a table, and your head kind of hurts, and everyone is looking at you. What did you do with the real Ronnie? Ronnie, alright, explain, idiot. Uh, played the harp and then I woke up. What do you want? Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, but you're not the real Ronnie. What are you talking about? <laughs> sure I am. Hit him, Kelsar. Right on, you said he wasn't the real Ronnie. No, he's not the real Ronnie. Like, he doesn't have, like, the parasite on his hand. Good cop, bad cop. I hit Ronnie really hard. I say, what did you do with the real Ronnie? Yeah. I heard you have a parasite on your hand, Ronnie. <laughs> what do you call this? And I show, show my, uh, show my tattoo. You look at your tattoo and it's, it's gone. There's no tattoo, Ronnie. Yeah, I should have, I should have sprung that very <laughs> one. <laughs> that honestly sounds on brand with you. His mannerisms and everything seem to be the exact same. Like, it's eerie. He does everything the same as the other Ronnie. Yeah, but we know it's not the real Ronnie. Yeah, it's just something that's throwing you off, right? It's like, you know it's not, but... I, I don't know what you guys are getting at. Uh, when Future Me came and told me to come and join you guys, like, this all seemed this all seemed good. So, you know, maybe maybe you have to wait a bit for that thing to grow. Uh, I got kind of impatient, just kind of drew it on, but uh, yeah, it's probably coming. The Future You? He really managed to convince you that time travel was <laughs> real. <laughs> Bored on shifts uncomfortably. <laughs> it's borrowed on that can yeah. control time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, we've been doing that for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you look richer than I ever was, so it must have been for the future. That's that's a lot of bullshit. <sighs> that, that that story <laughs> checks out. <laughs> Directly conflicting opinions on this matter. We're <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, like, so, like, over Ronnie's bullshit that I kind of just accept it most of the time. Uh, anyway, so what are we doing now? Tell us where future Ronnie went, if you happen to know. Spill the beans, buster. Why the hell do I know that? <laughs> I'm assuming we went back to the future. <laughs> oh, that was good. Gotta go 88 miles per hour. <laughs> Ronnie, you don't have your gun and you don't have that book. Oh, where'd they go? Oh yeah, that's that's another topic that we gotta talk about here, buddy. What's that book you had? Did I have a book? Don't play <laughs> down with us! 
I don't think I ever opened that. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. Probably a book? I don't know, I never opened it once. Yeah, we, we do know that he can't read, so... But it was filled with pictures. I don't think Ronnie can read pictures either. Who gave you that book? Yeah, I just uh, assumed it was full of words, because it was, like, <laughs> you know, a book. It's a fair assumption. <laughs> so I held on to it, because, I don't know, maybe someone would pay me for it, but I never, I never opened it. <laughs> so where'd you pick it up from, if you held on to it? Uh, future Ronnie gave it to me. When he gave me, like, this suit and a gun. Uh, I don't know where those came from, though. Okay. Uh, God damn it. God damn it, Ronnie. Okay, we, uh... Okay, so we should probably look for future Ronnie. If that's what I'm getting at, right? No, but I'm here now. I'm Ronnie. He's not the real... Like, he's one of the Ronnies, but not our Ronnie. Like, this one... And like a brick, it is like it has like the same usefulness. Okay, we gotta find the the real idiot here. Okay, so let's. I'm the lounge singer, the real lounge singer. All you other lounge singers are just imitating. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know what he actually was. He was like a fisherman or something. And he was a thief. This one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know where he went. Um. But, you know, if I don't finish taking over for him, like, I'm not going to get that money. So uh, I'm just going to hang around here and we can just go finish up whatever we're doing and then that's fine. I'm pretty sure you, you, you won't. You won't get any anything. Oh, I'm pretty sure I am. I got problems. Well, one second here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> one second here. How much did he offer to give you? Uh, That's a good question. I don't actually remember. I think you just said that you're going to be really, really rich. And famous. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was an <laughs> undisclosed amount, uh, but enough to make you rich. I don't know how much that is. I don't know what the threshold is for being rich in this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 70 bajillion dollars. You do know that Ronnie's broke, right? Sounds like Ronnie lied to himself. Honestly, yeah. it's what he does every day. Ronnie has spent all his money on like that stupid cape, literally. It's not a cape, it's a suit. Well, I kept pretty good care of it, so I could probably, like, uh, pawn it off when I'm done, but, uh... Now, I don't know if the money was coming from him. It might just be from being super famous. You just usually get money for that. Like, super famous on a dying world. This is also true. <laughs> uh, cough, 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 <laughs> Earth, cough, cough, 24. <laughs> I mean... People were doing it here, so... Uh, rich Anywhere is fine. Rich and Famous Anywhere is fine. I don't really care. Okay, so it's it's very hard to convince you of not doing you, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got the harp now, alright. So we just need one more artifact. Where do we go? Well, we also need Ronnie's Chaos, as counterintuitive that sounds. Yeah, because he's a catalyst, isn't he? We need that catalyst. So we need the catalyst and we need the heart, uh, the last item. And then we finally end this. Well, we sort of know where he would be. I know where he will be when we find him. You do? Yep. <laughs> In hell. Just letting you know beforehand. <laughs> okay, but we can't kill him now. We have to wait until after we're done this. 
Three times. Yeah, I know. We have to kill him like three times. Yeah. Oh, that and we kind of we probably will need him alive till after we're done this because you know kind of like the world is closing in like i came down for a really good high and uh yeah now i'm a little bit i'm a little bit anxious so uh yeah we should probably get to work on that okay so ronnie just made our life more difficult he does a good job of that yeah he's very good at that don't really have a lot of time to sit around punch in his face it's so hard when I see him. Okay, what are our options? I mean, we have to find him to punch his face, so... Well, obviously, like... Our leads from Quintos are that he's either in Geldspar or Waterdeep, and I would put money on him being in Geldspar. Waterdeep does, doesn't seem like his sort of play. Yeah, Waterdeep is extremely dangerous right now. We know how much Ronnie loves to avoid danger and conflict and shirk his duties, so Geldspar would probably be the best bet. Well, to Geldspar, then. Alright. Let's go. I got my stash with me, and, uh, let's head out. Your caravan's been all set up. You have everything in there. It's very clean. As you open up the doors inside just to check, you see on the main table, in this like little living room inside the caravan, as we all know, it's larger on the inside because I love doing that because it's an easy cop-out to give you guys cool things. You see there is a table, and on that table is the Book of Friends. You can attach your horses no problem to the front of this caravan. Is there anything you'd like to do on your way to Geldspar? Kind of, uh... I, honestly, honestly, I don't know. I, I I don't know what we could really do other than me just getting high like an idiot, or... You can just relax, honestly. It's been pretty rough. <laughs> like, you can just... Because uh, to get to Geldspar, it's probably yeah. going to take, like, just two days. Because you, you actually... You're not on foot, wounded, and tired. So... Yeah, and, like, my toenails are growing back at a really rapid rate, and it's really fucking painful. As well as my hair. Your horses don't tire out, so they could just keep going. They don't need to rest and eat and stuff like that. They could just keep going. I think this is a great opportunity for our characters to just kind of chill, but also... Bond. Yeah, bond. Maybe mend some of their stuff, you know, like just kind of clean clean their stuff up, fix anything that needs to be fixed. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like we've been fighting and running for months so yeah you can definitely fix up your armor you can just take this as a really relaxing ride because you i mean for one you deserve it you've been trying to save the world real hard not just the world but everything literally the road to geldspar is actually quite peaceful you're traveling and it seems like even the road's been made a little bit larger a lot of stuff has been cleared out You've been fixing up your armor, just spending time with each other, like... I'll give Ronnie his gun back. Cool. Ronnie, you get your gun back. It looks like a like a German pistol now, instead of the pirate uh, flintlock. So I wanted to examine the book. It sort of seems to be important. So I very carefully examined the book. You have a lot of time. You don't really need to do a check because you have like two days to kind of relax and do what you'd like. You're looking over this book, and 
This book is intelligent to a degree. It's not like it can have a conversation with you, but it kind of goes where it wants. And for whatever reason, it seemed to like to travel with Ronnie. And it, it just seems to be... Like, if you place it somewhere, one of you guys always wake up with it, like, on your nightstand or, like, at the foot of your bed or something like that. It just seems to like to be close to all of you, but it doesn't seem to have any particular favorite. But this book, uh, it doesn't call to you like the harp or the horn did. There's no, like, temptation that's around the book. You carefully look at different creatures in here, and they're all strange, and they all seem to interact with you, like they'll look at you or uh, things like that or wave at you. You see all sorts of strange creatures. But the book itself, it, it doesn't seem like it could be activated without your consent. That's what you gather from looking over this these two days. Okay, so I just tell the group that um, the book is harmless unless we try doing something with it. Well, let's, you know, at least, um, it still bothers the shit out of me. Going through there, too, when you're looking through the book, it wasn't all just, like, scary creatures like the Baba Yaga. You saw some, like, gentle-looking creatures in there. There's one that was, like, it was a dog with a human face on it, like the face of an old man. <laughs> so you're like, that's weird. And it was just, like, kind of, like, it looks over at you, and, like, it does, like, a shrug, like, whatever. <laughs> and, like, you're, you're flipping through... There's, like, a, a strange, fluffy cloud that's, like, spiraling around a tower. Say that one's name out loud. Yeah, you can say the dog's name if you want. So, so you, you you really want the cleric to do that? Fuck it. Say that one. You did seem to be tempted earlier. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> unless, unless you want to. Yeah, you're pretty sus. He's a good boy. Like, do I, do I want to say the name? Maybe we should just carry it with us. You you can go. You can say the dog's name, the human-faced dog. Yeah. Should I roll? Should I roll? Do I really want to say a name? <laughs> they throw MZ no, out of the no. caravan. <laughs> just keeps going. I was in medbay the entire time. It's funny because this will come out. This episode will be out in like a year from now, <laughs> like seven months. Like everyone's like among right. us. Who's still playing that? <laughs> Imagine if it's still popular somehow. That'd be impressive, honestly. So while you're going through, and like things are things are pretty comfy on this ride, Bordon, you've been paging through this book. Every so often, MZ like kind of looks over your shoulder at one of the pictures, like, "What about that one?" And you're like, "Nope." Can I talk to Can I talk to MZ? Yeah. I kind of just knock on his door. His camera. Come in. Hey man, uh, how you doing? Not bad, and you? Been uh, you kind of went through a lot of recently, haven't you? Yeah, I think we all have. Yeah, I my toenails are growing back. They really hurt like shit, but you know, I got the medical, got the good stuff here that's keeping me going. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah. Is it dank? Is it super dank? Oh, it's really dank. Oh, so dank. If you want some, makes you feel better. <laughs> okay. You both kind of just. <laughs> it's the only thing greener than MZ here. <laughs> so you two are, are sitting in MZ's room just uh, having some <laughs> relaxing moments just smoking this up and you have the window open it's it's kind of trailing out yeah the window's open you two are feeling just super relaxed you're, you're feeling good hey 
cardboard tube with a, a few like uh, cloths inside that you're trying to blow through. <laughs> trying to be secretive. I gotta say, like, <coughs> oh man, like, why didn't you tell us about your family? It wasn't important at the time. Like, like I thought, like we were like close and shit, and then you like you kind of just left us. That really hurt. No, I didn't leave. I was actually like half kind of kidnapped. Like I didn't have a choice. Oh, but like you could have like could have told us, man. Like we would have got you back. No. No, no. I had to keep it a secret. It's just like you're you're you're, you're my man. You know, you're my man, and you know you're part of the crew. And why? That's just the way it was. That's how it happened can't change that now. I guess not. It's just like, I thought we were all close, you know, and it hurt. It just, it just hurt, man, you know? I guess maybe I just, I, maybe I just don't understand your customs or something. <laughs> when I was, uh, when I was really sick last week, I thought about what I wanted to do when this is over. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you want to do when this is over? Probably gonna go back home. If I can. I don't really have a home anymore. Well. I think I'm gonna make my own barbecue sauce. <laughs> Call it cow sauce. When uh, when this is all over, you can come with me to the yeah. Underdark. We can hunt mind flares together. Oh, that'd be... There's so many that need to die. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. So fun. Good times. We're gonna have so much fun. This episode is completely off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these black flames that are around him. He's like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uses his unholy rapiers, flames, like <laughs> light something. I love the smell of mind flare in the morning. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do shit. But like, I, I just, I'm just, I guess I'm just afraid of dying, you know? I mean, I died like twice already, and that wasn't like. It's like worse the second time? So I got a, the feeling the third time is gonna be even worse, you know? Yeah, we have to be careful now. We do. Not that we weren't being careful before, but I don't know. We gotta, we gotta trust each other, you know? We gotta trust each other. And that's because, like, at the end of it, as far as really all we got left, right? That's right. And I got your back, man. You got your back. I got your back. Alright. I'm gonna go take a nap. (laughs) 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 The most chill conversation about killing incredibly intelligent, powerful creatures has taken place (laughs) on this caravan. Look, I'll buy a share, alright? Ronnie, what are you up to in these two days? I don't know, just hanging out. I don't really have stuff to do now, so I'm just gonna hang out. You're just kind of like hanging out like every so often you try to join in a conversation or something like that? No, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hanging out by myself. You don't you don't want to come sit on a bed with Kelsar and I and just chill <laughs> a little bit? No, I'm just, uh, uh, no, just sitting by myself. I don't know. I don't have anything to do. So I'm just, just hanging out. Just super bored, like throwing a ball against the wall. <laughs> yeah. And Draxir, we know that Bordon's looking through a book right now. What are you doing during these two days? I'm going to be up front driving the 
the caravan. So you get a lot of the sites. While you're going through there, it, you yourself never went to Guildspar, but you know that these four have. You know that they they talked about how it was destroyed by the beast that Matthew summoned, who was known as the Beast. You are traveling through, and the forests are quite lush as it opens up into these large farm fields. And you see a ship, one that is often known in this world as a, a Hellruin airship. And you're like, you've never seen one before. You've read about them because they've interested you an actual mechanical wonder that is sailing through the air. And it looks like kind of like a regular boat. And you're watching as it's sailing down towards what can only be described as a very odd collection of houses put together into the form of a town. There are houses that it looks like they belong to all sorts of different cultures. You have these large mounds that looks like people put rocks together. There's like a, a door in the front of it. You have others that are very well constructed. You see a large tree has been grown and a house has been formed inside of it. Like, you're watching this as you're looking at the map, and you're like, this is where Geldspar is supposed to be. And you hear just, like, crowds cheering, people dance, like, you see people dancing on rooftops. Like, it's a very, very strange town, uh, unlike anything you've really seen before. And everyone here just seems to be almost like in a really large party. The thing that also throws you off, you're used to Sanctuary being quite diverse. The Sanctuary has a lot of people of different ethnicities that live there. But here, it's it's one up from that. You see that all races that normally have a, a bit of tension between them, everyone's just getting along. And as you get closer to this city, this wave kind of passes over you. You watch like this crackling wave come towards you and pass over. You feel, you feel good. You feel kind of happy. I mean, I was already feeling good, but that's probably good. Yeah, you, you guys inside the caravan don't don't notice this, but like Jackster, while you're sitting up there, you're kind of like, this is good. You you hear this sound, the sound of a drum. Oh no! Just boom, 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 boom. And everyone's just sort of like they're all sort of dancing. You even find like you're tapping your foot. To like this drums rhythm as your your caravan's going. Am I going to find pink bubble gum? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so I'm just gonna call back and be like, "Hey guys, I think you'll want to see this." What? Oh, oh. All right. Oh man. Just come take a look. So I get to the front of the caravan as well. Uh, I I. So do, do I have like a, a place where I can lock the book? You know, just. You do, but it seems like every time you try to lock the book up, it's it ends up on one of your persons. No, I, I know. If you were looking at a lot, then it's probably like in your backpack. Kind of thing. I'll just take the book with me. I'll just uh, put the book in my backpack. So all of you kind of like clamor, because there's like little a little ladder that's on the side when you open up the door. You can climb up onto the roof, and it, or you can climb over to the driver's seat. And uh, all of you guys kind of get out there, and another one of these waves passes, and all of you feel pretty good. Like this, this energy passes over you, and you all feel like you're kind of, you're kind of moving to this beat as it's going. You see, there is a crowd of a couple hundred people. Your caravan actually has to come to a stop 
And you see like all these people are dancing in the streets and cheering, people are drinking, bringing food out for other people. You see off in the distance in this like town square, not too far away, is this stage that's been erected. And you see this, uh, this giant banner that says, Ronnie's 16 hour bongo solo. Oh, God damn it. And everyone's just jamming out to it. And you're looking, and the thing that kind of like, you're like, what the fuck? And you see him beaten down on that drum. The drum you saw from the dream, the drum that the King in Yellow showed you, the number of strange stickers on it. And these people are going nuts for it. And you see Ronnie's there. He's in a different getup, though. Ronnie, what is your your uh, clothing look like that you're performing with your 16-hour bongo solo? Uh, I'm going to go with completely nude. <laughs> completely nude. So just like the drums just in front <laughs> blocking you. Yeah. You see Ronnie's there, and it's, it's primal. <laughs> From one suit to the other. Go, like you guys are feeling this beat and then you're looking like wait what the fuck and bored on the thing that catches your eye is Ronnie's there on this stage there's some other people that are like dancing on the stage and you see someone who's just kind of sitting on the edge of it they have a cloak on it's obscuring a lot of their face there's a large grayish whitish beard sticking out and two golden arms you see the face looks up at you these eyes catch your eyes. These eyes that have like hourglasses instead of the pupils. And one eye winks at you as this fairy like sort of buzzes in your face and you're like, what the, you know, like sort of wishing away. And you look and they're gone. I have a bad feeling about this. it's nice to just end these stories on such a, a pleasant and happy note. It doesn't have to be everyone's dying or everyone's on fire. Sometimes everyone can just be having a wicked party and that's okay. Oh, how nice for everyone. And they've got a little bit of downtime, spooky book, brought a dead Roni back to life. What? Just what a win. I feel like this was a nice episode for Death Shift. They, they've had a lot of rough ones, so this was a this was a good one for them. Well, travelers, if you've enjoyed yourself here, make sure you head on over to the Atunes and leave us a, a rating on there. You could even leave ratings on Spotify now, I think, so if you want to if you want to leave some of those wonderful stars there, we would appreciate it. Also we have a Patreon that's pay what you want. I think the minimum is one dollar. So, hop on over there. It's a wonderful time. We have so much extra audio content on there, and all the funds go directly to supporting the show with paying for hosting, paying for equipment and music, and all that good stuff. Woo! All right, travelers. I gotta go patch up a floor and then reinforce an inn because the world is ending. Until next time, dear travelers, I bid you all adieu.